Mike, it's Doug Boston, Adam Bernstein. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Grown Ass Men. There are men who think that Lorna Dane is a delicious shortbread cookie. There are men who think that Kitty Pride is when you're excessively impressed with your own cat. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost, two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special guest grown-ass man, Mike Berkey. So, Mike Berkey, thank you very much for uh, for talking with us today. We first heard about you when we visited the Society of Illustrators maybe a year ago and we saw the Amazing Spider-Man show. And what I kept seeing, it was all original art from um, issues of Spider-Man, mostly by Ramita. And what I saw on panel after panel was that it was owned by Mike Berkey. This was, you know, loaned to the Society of Illustrators for the show by you. And it just floored everybody that one person could own so much original art. He's the ultimate collector, the ultimate collector, a comic book protector. He's gonna build a new house. John Romita just to come round to draw some more Build an extension and a new door It is, honestly, it is quite amazing and I can't tell you how many people ask how were you, how did you know, how were you able to get this so much art and everything and, and it's almost a funny story if you want to hear it Yeah, go for it, let's hear it it's actually, people said, how did you know to collect John Romita artwork? I said, you know you know how? I said, I, I bought my first piece of art the day I got out of the Army. I was actually at West Point enlisted in the Army in October of 1989, the day I got out of the Army. Back in the day before the Internet, if, if you were a comic geek and you really were into it, the Comics Fires guy, which was a weekly magazine, was like the Bible for collectors of comics and and. It was a weekly magazine that, that came out. Uh, it was published out of, uh, I believe, in Wisconsin, and uh, and everybody would be able to put in ads and everything. And I would always buy it, looking for comics and stuff. And I just said, you know what? There's this ad for original comic art, and there was a bat, oddly enough, a three battle pages to Spider-Man 46, where Spider-Man the first appearance of the Shocker. Mm -hmm. The guy wanted 110 bucks a piece for them, and I said, you know what? I don't know what this stuff is worth, but it's it's one of a kind, and I bet it's going to be worth something one day. So I bought my first page. I still remember the day I got it in at my parents' house and a little light goes off in my head and I go, this stuff is going to be valuable one day. I just know it. And a friend who knew artwork more than me, he's showing me, he goes, you know who all that pencil on the left side and at the top and on the right side and at the bottom, there's all this pencil with words. I go, yeah, they go, that's Stan Lee writing, writing the story for John Romita. Yeah. And I'm just going like, oh, my God. And I go, this stuff is going to be valuable one day. And people always tell me, how did you know about uh, how to collect Romita? And I go, I collected it because it was the cheapest stuff around. And everybody laughs at me. But I go, it's true. 
I go, when I started collecting, a Steve Ditko Spider-Man page was, a, a decent page was $1,000 back in 1989. And uh, I just said to myself, huh, I said, these Ditko pages, I think they're awesome and everything, but you know what? I don't have $1,000. And I don't want just one. I want more than one. So I said, if I have $1,000, I can get one Steve Ditko page that everybody's collecting, or I can get 25 John Ramita pages that nobody's collecting. Wow. So I just said, I'm going to collect Ramita. And uh, I met his art agent, and I was buying from him $40 a page, and I just bought everything. Whenever I had the money, I started buying up everything he had. Then I started putting ads in the Comics Buyers Guide. And I just tell people, you know, a couple of years later, when the pages were going for 200 bucks, I was paying 300. When they were going for 300 bucks, I was paying 500 bucks. And thank goodness when I got out of the army, I got a job at a hospital, so I started getting money coming in. I had a comic book store from 1991 to 98. And in 1992, Capital City Distribution was the, the comic book uh, distributor. And they had a sales conference oh, in the fall of 1992. And that's where I first met John Ramita and Stan Lee. They were guests there. And uh, I knew they were coming, and I brought my art pages there, and I took pictures with Stan Lee and John Ramita, and I got them both to sign all my pages. And I said, I'm the guy that's buying all your pages. And he thanked me, and, and uh, it, was just, oh, it was just the greatest thing. And from that point onward, I just said, John Ramita's my guy, and I'm going to keep buying his stuff. And, th and that's how it all started and how it grew. You know what's amazing about that to me right away is that when we were interviewing Paul Galassi of uh, Master of Kung Fu fame, do you know him? Yeah, he's local to me. And I went to a comic book convention. It's so funny. In 2007, I met this old guy. I'm going through boxes. He goes, my son draws comics. I go, who's your son? He goes, Paul Galassi. <laughs> and I met his father. But I was going to say, when we interviewed him, we got in touch with him first because I was so into his art. And I, I had contacted him personally about to see if there was any art available. And he said, oh, man, none of that art is existing anymore. We, like, sold it so we could buy beer, you know? <laughs> like, or, and, like, I was like, so is that what was happening in the 70s with a lot of these artists that, like, a lot of the artwork just disappeared? But, like, when we went to your thing, like, you have amazing stuff. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the stuff that was on display. You know, those Ditko pages were, are amazing. It's like some of the best stuff there is. And, and yeah. But what I'm amazed at, I, I, I guess I, I don't even understand, like, did you just keep going to shows and just buy everything you possibly could? Well, as, as much as I could afford, because everybody has a budget. And, and uh, I was making four bucks an hour as a janitor in a bowling alley when I was 20 years old. And I joined the Army because I couldn't afford to go to college. And that's how I got, and like I said, I was in the Army for four years and then... I got lucky enough to get in, like I said, at a hospital afterwards. But I've always said, you can't do this. At the time, you could not make a living selling comic book art for the most part. Only maybe two, three guys in the world, I believe, were selling artwork for a living because this stuff was going for pennies on the dollar. So do you, know, you resell started. any of this stuff? Do you sell any of this? Like, do you make money at shows by selling, you know, stuff oh, that you have but don't want? Absolutely. And, and I told people, that's how, it's so funny. Think I always tell people, you know, the term collector, collectors collect. So I would meet guys that say, well, you know what? I have a Ramita Spider-Man page, but I don't want to sell it. Find me an X-Men page or find me a Fantastic Four page by Jack Kirby and I'll trade you. And I started realizing after I was collecting a while, I started realizing, geez, you know what? 
I, I have to get some trade material because a lot of these guys I'm starting to meet now as I get into the hobby, they don't want to sell, but they'll trade for other stuff. So I always tell people, my saying has been since the early 90s, I tell people, I said, I'll buy a rock on the side of the road if I could double my money on it. <laughs> and that was my philosophy. So I said, you know what? If I can buy a page for 100 bucks and sell it for 150 bucks or 200 bucks, you know what? I got to do that too. I got to start buying the stuff I don't collect because that will help supplement my buying Spider-Man or being able to trade it for Spider-Man. I have another question about just collecting the stuff. I mean, you've gotten like complete issues of some of the earliest Spider-Mans, like the Ditko. I, I, and I'll tell you, I have my own interest in, in Spidey. I decided a few years ago to sell my the boxes of comics that I had and trade them in for just a couple of comics. And what I decided was that I really wanted to just collect the first 38 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. And Why wouldn't you want to stop at like 40 and get a couple of Remedas? Well, I I couldn't stop at forty, so of course I I have a lot of Ramitas because they're fantastic. But I just I know. you know well, they're they're easy to get the because I know. Yeah, but anyway, um, how did you get complete issues? Would you just over time find a guy who had one page, or were they mostly well, with well, one or yeah. two collectors? Well, with the Ramita stuff again, this is going to sound amazing. But uh, John Ramita's agent, I was buying, I didn't buy a ton of them, but whenever he had them, I bought complete Spider-Man books. They were $800 a story, which was $40 wow. a page. Jeez. Like just off the top of my head, I can remember I bought the complete, uh, let's see, I bought the complete Spider-Man 71 book for 800 bucks. I bought the complete Spider-Man 84 minus the splash for 700 bucks. Then like 10 years later, I found the splash from a, another guy who was John Basema's agent, and I completed that book. I bought the complete Spider-Man 91 book for 800 bucks. I bought the complete Spider-Man 115 book for 800 bucks. So it's 1995, I get a call from a guy from New York. He happened to be Gil Kane's art agent. He was a collector, Yeah. Uh, but he would sell Gil Kane's art. And he calls me up, he goes, Mike, you're not gonna believe it. Marvel just gave Gil Kane back all of his pencil work to his Amazing Spider-Man, and I have a and I have a bunch of his Iron Man covers and everything, and I want to know if you're interested. I go, yes, I'm very, very, very interested. Gil Kane chair of Spider-Man '89, a '90. That, that's the issue where he battles the Doctor Octopus and Captain Stacy dies. <laughs> yeah, two thirds of all the pages of Spider-Man '96, '97, '98, '99, 100, 101, 102, 103, and 104, and with with almost all the splash pages, and I'm just floored. I go, what do you want for them? He goes, I have 140 pages. He goes, I want $100 a page. And I'm, 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 my, I almost fall out of my chair. And believe it or not, I don't have the money. I don't have any of the money. So I'm thinking, how am I going to get $14,000 to get these 140 pages? So I owned, at the time, I owned the very classic Spider-Man 40 cover where he battled the Green Goblin. Hmm. And a friend of mine always wanted it. I never really wanted to sell, but I said, this deal is too good. I go, Hey, do you still want to buy the Spider-Man 40 cover off me? It was $20,000 $20, at that time. He says, he says, I have the money for you in a month, but I don't have all the money. I said, well, do you have 14 grand? He goes, he goes I'll give you the cover to Spider-Man 90 and 14 grand for the cover. I go, done deal. So I talked to the guy and I say, hey, I'll have the money in a month, but can I pick up the art tomorrow? And I'll, what I'll do is I have three large art 
four large are John Romita Spider-Man splash pages. They're worth like five grand a piece. I'll get, I'll drive to New York, wherever you live, and I'll give them to you and pick it up. And I said, okay. I called in sick to work at the hospital. About the only time I ever did that in 23 years. We agreed to the deal, and I bought all the pages with like 10 Iron Man covers and a bunch of uh, three twice-up covers and all that, and did the trade with them. And then I did my other deal and paid him off. But that's incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's like the most fun negotiations of all time. I'll give you the cover <laughs> oh, to Spider-Man 40. Oh, oh, yeah. trading. I said trading the Spider-Man 40 cover, but isn't that all right? So it's safe to say that you have the largest collection of original art of Amazing Spider-Man in the world. Well, yeah, I, I don't mean it as a bragging thing, but, but I don't know of anybody in the world that owns more than like 50 or 100 pages, and I have over 3,000, so yeah, I, I'd say that's probably true. So I have roughly like 1,000 a, a pages of Ditko Romita, and then 1,000 pages of Andrew th up to McFarlane. I stopped before McFarlane, then I own about 1,000 Romita Spider-Man uh, daily strips and Sunday strips. You know, John Romita drew the, the, yes. the newspapers I loved. He drew that from January 3rd, 1977 to his last Sunday strip was November 16th, 1980. And I had already figured out it's a funny uh, story, again, from John Romita's agent and just from meeting collectors I bought over the years nonstop the strip part from John Romita. And he drew 1,206 dailies total in his just under four-year run, 1,206 dailies, and, and I have, I think, 838 of those, and then he drew 201 Sundays, and I have around 140 of those, so. All right, so well, here's my question, then, after that, that's pretty incredible. Here's my question. Why Spider-Man? Yeah, you know, and I always tell people, and it's honest, you got truth, the cartoon it did it for me. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I went over to my buddy's house and he showed me his comic book collection. I never thought about comics at all. And he's telling me, oh, and this issue, Spider-Man battles this guy and this guy. And I'm like taking it in, taking it in. And I went home and I told my dad, hey, dad, I want to collect comic books. He goes, get a job. So, you know, I got a Cleveland <laughs> Press route making three cents a paper. And, and the next day I was collecting comic books like an avid fan, you know, delivering papers, going to the drugstore, buying comics every week. But it started with the cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoon with that music and Spider-Man swing, and that's what got me. So I have a question I, about oh, all, all your your Ditko stuff too. Did you ever meet yeah. Ditko? Because I mean, he, Ditko's kind of famous for not caring about his original so, art. I have a great, great Ditko story for you. Remember, you were talking about the Spider-Man exhibit last year. Yeah. At the Society of American Illustration, right? Yeah, yeah which was fantastic. That the opening night, uh, the, the, the afternoon of the opening night, my buddies go, hey, I know where Ditko lives. You want to just go to his office for fun? I go, sure. So four of us walk past the crazy Donald Trump Tower, and then we get to where Ditko's office was. And and I have a couple of books from the Society of American Illustration. I go, he's never going to answer. I knock on the door, and we're all, all four guys. Are I'm the main guy in front. They go, you, 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 you stand by the door. I go, he's never going to answer. I knock a second time, boom, Ditko opens up the door. And I, my jaw drops because I never thought he was going to open up the door. And he goes, yes. And I'm going, <laughs> and I just can't believe I'm meeting the, the co-creator of Spider-Man, you know? And I said, hi, Mr. Ditko. Um, 
we just came from the side of American Illustration. I'd like to give you these brochures. It was for the Spider-Man exhibit. <laughs> and he took them all and he's just staring at me. And I didn't know what to say. And my friends are standing behind me saying nothing. And I just said, did you ever meet John Romita when you were at Marvel? And wham, the door closed up. Really? <laughs> wow. But wow. I got Steve Ditko and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I was so overjoyed. I'm probably the happiest guy in the world that got a door slammed on. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say anything. Like, how old was he? Does he? Did he seem like like just? Uh, a... No, it, it was 2017, so he would have been 90, 91. Right. So, wow. You know what he? You know what I always tell people? People always say, "What he looked like? What he looked like?" And it's not a knock on him because I think it's funny. I always said he looked, he reminded me of Jimmy Durante without the big nose. That's what he looked like to me. You know, and listen, he's a 90, 91, 90, 91 year old guy. He does, guys, you know, uh, uh, BS with him when he's probably working. He was actually still, you know, he's still drawing comics to his last day. You know, they say he died at his drawing board. You know, we, we've been collecting and into comics for, you know, 40 plus years, more, I guess, almost. And it's like, when we went to the show, like, I've seen some original art over the years, and so, I used to see some at conventions, you know, but to really see it, if you're, like, if those comics mean a lot to you, it's incredible to get that close. And, like, I went on your website, you have a lot of stuff on there that is some of my favorite stuff. Like, there's a, a Fear 16, like, man thing. <laughs> it's a Frank Bruner, and I was like, oh, man, I want that. But I was like, let's see what it costs. You know, it's like, oh, $30,000, you know, maybe I'll just put off eating and paying rent for a few years, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, 20 years ago, all these could have been, I hate to say that, but all, all those paintings could have been had for $10, $20 probably. Oh my God, that's crazy. What's the holy grail? What is, what do you not own that you, that drives you crazy and you really want to own? Oh. Well, I, but believe it or not, John Romita's first Amazing Spider-Man cover, Spider-Man 39. Nobody has ever seen it, and nobody knows. I have I have most of the pages to the book. I have about 14 or 14 or 15 pages to the book, but nobody has ever seen the cover to Spider-Man 39, John's first Amazing Spider-Man cover. So to me, that would be it. And he doesn't know. Or, he doesn't know what happened to it. No. I just think it's fantastic that you're willing to you know you've got this collection which i can only imagine is you know filling your house and that you're willing to <clears throat> let other people share it by get, uh, giving it to the society of illustrators i mean do you have other places where you show it and do you have other uh hopes and plans for what no. you're going to do with this art well it's funny there's a story jack kirby john basem and john Romita in the marvel offices drawing and Jack Kirby is saying, in the 70s now, Jack Kirby is saying, one day our stuff is going to be in museums. And John Romita said, him and John Basama look at each other, and they're thinking in their head, Jack Kirby is off his rockers. And then John goes, <laughs> he tells me now, he laughs, he goes, Jack Kirby was right, we were wrong. And I thought how funny it was that that last year was, the last year and this year was when it finally came to be. I just want to thank you so much for, for, talking to us and thank you for sharing your art with everybody yeah. and listen and just so people know i know the society of america illustration i told them like i said i gave them like 180 spider-man pages and i gave them all new pages this year and i told them i said 
I know the new Spider-Man movie, uh, the, the second Tom Holland Spider-Man movie is coming out next May, and I told them, I said, hey, if they want to do another one, I'll give them a whole new batch of Spider-Man art for next year's show if they want to do it again, so it's not a problem. All right, man. Well, thanks so much, and we'll be in touch with you. Okay, you guys take care. All right, thanks okay. so much. Grown-ass man.